You're listening to a podcast from IP. Hello and welcome to Injury Prevention. I'm Brian Johnston, Editor-in-Chief. In these podcasts, we highlight work published in Injury Prevention, an international peer-reviewed journal. With each issue, our editors select a paper to be featured in our podcast. This editor's choice is always free online, so if you enjoy what you hear, have a look at the website and download the entire manuscript. You'll find us at injuryprevention.bmj.com. Today we're discussing the paper, Preventing Bathwater Scalds, a Cost-Effectiveness Analysis of Introducing Bath Thermostatic Mixer Valves in Social Housing, which appears in our August 2011 issue. I'm joined on the phone by Professor Kerry Phillips from the Swansea Center for Health Economics at the UK. Welcome, Professor Phillips. Thank you very much. So this work focuses on tap water scald injuries. Can you perhaps start by telling us something about the magnitude of this problem in the UK? Yes, it's it's not a, a, a massive problem in, in terms of numbers being affected. There are roughly 2,600 bathwater scalds each year in the UK. Um, but I think what's particularly important, though, is the fact that young children are at particular risk, and it's known that over 400 children under the age of five are admitted to hospital each year um, as a result of bathwater scalds. This problem has been around for a while, and there have been a a number of interventions tried, one of which is the use of thermostatic mixer valves. Can you tell us a little bit of what a thermostatic mixer valve is and how it might work to prevent scalds? It's it's a a valve which is fitted to the bathwater taps. In terms of usual thermostats that are set for, for homes, the temperature, the water temperature is in the region of 60 degrees uh, centigrade or above. Um, what that results in is quite significant uh, burns uh, if children or indeed adults fall into or go into that water, and that happens in a relatively short period of time. What the mixer valve does is restrict the actual temperature of the water coming out of the taps, and um, they can be set at levels which would avoid the, the most damaging aspects of, of scalds. And I imagine one advantage of this intervention is that you don't have to lower the temperature in the boiler itself so that uh, if you need very hot water for another purpose, it's still available. It just doesn't get to the bath. That's correct. So in, in the study in injury prevention, you're looking specifically at the cost-effectiveness of this technology when it's installed in social housing. And this work builds off the results of a pragmatic randomized controlled trial in which thermostatic mixer valves were estimated to reduce the absolute risk of scalding by about 68%. That's correct, yes. The, the reason why we did this was that the Department of Health in, uh, in England were, were funding uh, a whole series of research projects in injury prevention, uh, ranging from the actual burden of injuries uh, to society, and this uh, this particular study looking at the effectiveness of thermostatic mixer valves and then the cost effectiveness were part of that. The, the randomized control trial was set up in, in Glasgow in conjunction with the, uh, the housing um, department in Glasgow where there are relatively large numbers of uh, social housing schemes so it was, it was possible then to get reasonable numbers to conduct a randomized control trial where the, the intervention uh, group was, was uh, selected, but then the control group were offered the, the thermostatic mixer valves 
after the follow-up period, so that they were they were not in a, they were not not going to get the intervention. And so um, the work that you're presenting today is is actually a relatively rare but very important contribution to injury prevention. It's research that pairs known effectiveness of an intervention with estimates of the cost and the savings attributable to that intervention in in a way generating real cost effectiveness analyses. Yes, it, it is, we believe, the first attempt to assess cost effectiveness of this type of technology. Obviously, what, what we encountered in this regard is the fact that the, the costs are, are incurred by one agency and the benefits are felt by other agencies and in an age whereby budgets are very important it can be quite contentious the costs involved obviously relate to the the, the valve itself and and they are in the region of 45 to 50 pounds for each each valve then there's the installation costs and that depends very much on whether it's a, a new build and the, the 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 valve can be installed as part of that or if it's a refurbishment then there may well be uh, additional costs there are also costs in terms of maintenance and servicing uh, and we we made an allowance for that we also then um costed in the the input from the healthcare system whereby they wanted to provide a, a leaflet informing people as to what the purpose of the mixer valve was and what it did, and there, there was also then um, additional reminder which which served as a hanger on on the on the bath cap itself. We we then looked also at and tried to derive um, estimates of what the cost of treating a bath scald would be, and it was difficult to get uh, anything. Uh, specific on this but um, within Parliament in, in England we, we got uh, an estimate of a quarter of a million pounds for treating a bath scald. So overall when you put these together what was the result? The, the result basically um, came to cost savings of between uh, seven and, and 54,000 pounds for every bath scald that was avoided. And, and if we looked at all social housing in, in the UK and installed thermostatic valves, then the, the return on investment of, for every £1 spent, there would be in excess of £1.40 uh, returned, which in, in terms of return on investment is pretty impressive. Yeah, it's unusual, I think, for health-related interventions to yield cost savings. Uh, we usually expect, I think, to see some cost incurred to purchase a unit of better health or quality of life, but this actually saves money. I, I, I said earlier that this isn't necessarily a massive problem, but when, when the injury does occur, the costs associated with providing treatment and a care are substantial, uh, and therefore the actual um, benefit to society, and we're not just looking at, at the health service, we're looking at the benefit to society here um, for taking it outside the, the conventional approach to cost effectiveness and in terms of health technology assessment, where the focus is very much on the healthcare system. We're looking at this from, from the, the public societal perspective, uh, and hence we get a, a greater return on the investment that is put in. Were your results sensitive to any of the assumptions that you made in setting up the model? 
Indeed. We found it difficult to get an estimate of the treatment costs associated with the scald, um, and obviously the, the, the severity of the injury determines the treatment costs. Um, for, for minor scalds, the, the cost is, is relatively small, but it's, it's the severe injuries which really cause concern, and, and the treatment costs, and in a sense, our lifetime, but then there are the additional support, counselling, psychological costs, which can go on um, over the lifetime of that person. So, obviously, the extent to which the costs are likely to be those is a sensitive issue, and also the costs associated with the valve itself is sensitive. We actually used the annualised capital cost of the valve rather than the £45-£50 it costs. Um, if, if we'd have gone for the, the £50 cost, then obviously the savings would be reduced, although they would still generate savings. One of the uh, aspects of this analysis that, that is most uh, troubling is that the cost of the intervention accrue in one domain of the public sector, in housing, as you mentioned, while savings are really seen in the health sector. And I wonder, when you're presenting these analyses, what can you do to promote a policy whose benefits are only seen with a much broader societal perspective when the budgets are, are established agency by agency and sector by sector? I, I think that, that that's, that's a very interesting question and one which is, in a sense, um, puzzling uh, public sector agencies. The, the, the ironic thing is that they were never set up to be, be in a sense, profit-making. They were, they were set up as public services, uh, and, and the aim of a public service is to do just that, to provide a service uh, within reasonable expenditure levels, which seems to have disappeared, perhaps, um, from many people's thinking. Why on earth do we put salt on our roads? Um, it's not the health service which is doing that. It is, in the UK context, it is local authorities. They don't just do it because um, they're going to get a financial return, because they're not. They do it in order to try and avoid accidents, which re can result in quite major injuries and indeed deaths. And, and this is exactly the same thing. Well, along those lines, um, as you uh, are aware, like many injuries, scalds follow a steep social gradient in, in their incidence. And interventions in social housing to reduce scalds may also end up reducing disparity between the highest and lowest socioeconomic classes in terms of the burn incidence. Um, but this particular value of improving health equity is not something, as far as I'm aware, that's typically captured in economic analysis, is it? There are, are there any methods that you're aware of available to value or quantify or compare these costs of uh, reducing disparities as, as an outcome? Well, you, you, you're right to say that the, the evidence would seem to suggest that um, admission rates for burns and scalds um, amongst lower socioeconomic groups is three times that um, of uh, admissions from people within more affluent areas. It, it, it's, it is probably slight exaggeration to say that there are no consideration given to equity considerations in economic evaluations. Um, cost effectiveness has tended to focus purely on efficiency, but it is possible to do subgroup analysis to, to actually ascertain whether there are different degrees of benefit for different socioeconomic groups. Um, and, but obviously the studies need to be sufficiently well-powered. 
they need to be sufficiently constructed to ensure representation from a, a, the whole a social strata to be able to make these judgments. What, what, what we focused on here was social housing because of the higher incidence and because uh, building regulations in Scotland at the time meant that uh, thermostatic mixavals were required and subsequent to doing the study, we, the same regulation now has come in in England and Wales. So um, all that taken, uh, do you anticipate that these results are going to have an impact on policy in the UK? Well, I'd, I'd like to think so, yes. And, and I would like to think that the, the, the campaigning which has been going on in Parliament, um, this, this can lend weight to that. To, ins to try and avoid these horrendous injuries. The, the building regulations that, that I mentioned um, mean that new constructions in social housing have to have this facility. Uh, I, I think that what this paper uh, lends itself to is perhaps pu pushing that policy even further so that when social housing is being refurbished, then that the installation of, of valves like this can indeed become the norm. In terms of private sector, then I, I think also that there are grounds for suggesting that, that it could become useful even in new builds in private housing. But uh, I guess that that is perhaps pushing it slightly too far at the moment. All right. Well, what is it that you and your group are working on now? What's, what's next for you? In terms of public health, we're about to start a study looking at uh, surgical instruments uh, and comparing single-use instruments with um, instruments which are uh, cleaned and re then reused. Uh, and part of the agenda is to try and assess the, the adverse events associated with both of those injuries um, and the costs associated with those. In terms of injury prevention, um, we've, th this study will help in terms of NICE in the UK who have just recently published some guidance with regard to childhood injuries and so we hope that this paper can be logged and lodged with NICE so that when people access that particular component of their website they will be referred to this article. That's terrific. Good luck with that then. Thank you very much. That was Professor Kerry Phillips discussing his work reported in the August 2011 issue of Injury Prevention. The paper, Preventing Bathwater Scalds, a Cost-Effectiveness Analysis of Introducing Bath Thermostatic Mixer Valves in Social Housing, is this month's editor's choice. It's freely available at the journal's website online. And that's all for this edition of our podcast. Please join us in October for highlights of the next issue. For more information about this program and other BMJ Group podcasts, please visit bmj.com.